Well, hello there, happy, happy innovators, the people who like to innovate very happily. How are you guys doing, huh? How you doing? How's the week going? How's life? Is it too complicated? I hope not. I hope not. I hope that you're having some fun and there's at least some tranquility and peace in your life in these crazy times. You know, I wanted to uh, share with you that there was a breakthrough here at the Singularity Podcast headquarters. Um, For a long time now, uh, I've been wanting to have my podcasts on YouTube translated. And, you know, over the years, my wife and I would kind of check into it, try a new approach, and it was always just way too tedious and way too complicated to, you know, implement that kind of thing on my podcasts. Well, let me tell you, just today, this very day, Friday, July 3rd, 2020, my wife this morning had a breakthrough and we figured out, no, okay, I can't say we figured out, she figured out how to translate my podcasts into Portuguese, Russian, and I think we're going to do French and English. So there'll be captioning on eventually on all of my podcasts, okay? Great news, right? And I have to give a shout out to a friend of mine who lives in Brazil. Her name is Andrea, but I refer to her as Bobo Bala, which is Portuguese for goofball. And uh, I've been friends with her for years, and she kind of helped us along as far as confirming that the translations were clear and that the understanding of what I was saying was clear. And, um, So thank you, Andrea, my Bobo Bala, my good, good friend, my dear friend, silly, goofy lady from Brazil that I've been talking to for years now. Uh, Big fan of Pipe Choir, big fan of the podcast, even though she struggles sometimes with understanding what I'm saying. um, She does have somewhat of a firm grip on the English language, uh, believe it or not. And what's interesting, too, is that, you know, through talking to her, you know, over the years, we've kind of taught each other how to speak our respective languages. You know, I've picked up a little bit of Portuguese. She's picked up a little bit of English. And uh, so just a great relationship. Good friend, dear friend. Um, It's kind of cool that I could have a friend that's that far away. You know, we may never meet in person, but I sure hope we do someday. I sure hope I get the opportunity to meet her in person. I have a few friends like that from around the world that uh, I would really eventually like to meet someday. It would be wonderful, you know, maybe uh, 20 years from now after I win the lottery or something, I'll fly everybody into one location and we'll have a big party, a big singularity podcast, pipe choir party. There's something to work towards, right? Right. So thank you, Andrea, for helping me to spread the word, literally, of the Singularity Podcast. Now, you know, there's this band that I've found, actually a couple of bands I've found that I want to talk about on the podcast today. I'm going to try to kind of avoid the political thing. Uh, So I'm sure you understand why, because everybody is just tired of it, right? Just sick of it, just constantly getting inundated with left, right, 
blue state, red state speak and all the crap that's going on. Let's like make a conscious effort today with this podcast. All of us, everybody listening and myself included. Uh, and my wife and Andrea all the way down in Brazil, right? We're all going to kind of just try to not even think about it or talk about it for a little while, right? So I found these couple of bands I want to talk about, and they're really kind of interesting and special. The first band I'm going to talk to you about today is a band called Lightning Bolt. Got that? Lightning Bolt. And, uh, you know, they're not a new band, okay? They've been around, you know, for a while. I mean, they were making videos back in 2015, okay? But they're new to me. Like, I just discovered them. And, you know, I do try to put in some effort, you know, to listen to new music and to find new bands and things like that. But, you know, there's just so many, right? But every once in a while, one will percolate up to the surface and, you know, at least uh, become accessible to someone like me, you know, who's, you know, not a spring chicken anymore. And, you know, what? I'm an old man, right? So uh, I'm not one of the kids anymore. So, uh, Lightning Bolt, this band from Rhode Island. And, you know, I got to tell you, right from the onset, from the very first video that I watched by this band, uh, I mean, right out of the gate, I was so impressed with what they were doing. It was so odd and so unusual and weird. Now, check this out, okay? The band consists of a drummer and a bass player, okay? I know the drummer's name is Brian Chippendale, and I know the bass player's name is Brian as well, but I don't remember his last name, unfortunately. So you'll have to forgive me for that. But uh, I watched this video of these guys, and they're playing in this video. They're playing like in the middle of the crowd, like at crowd level. They're not on a stage. They're not separated from the audience. They're actually face-to-face with their audiences. And... You know, I got to tell you, there's only been maybe one or two times where I've performed like that, where I was at eye level with the audience. And it is totally, totally the way to go for live concerts, as far as I'm concerned. All right. I mean, the experience is so much more visceral. And oh, my gosh, it's so cool. Well, anyway, in this video, this band, these two guys, all right, are rocking out in this video and the crowd is going crazy all right now the bass player is standing there he's wearing like you know a polo shirt some cargo shorts and he's got this bass you know strapped on and he's kind of playing he looks like a you know you know a slightly more rock and roll version of Richie Cunningham you know from Happy Days that shows you how old I am Probably half the audience won't even know what I'm talking about when I mention Happy Days or Richie Cunningham or Fonzie, right? Anyway, so so the bass player standing there, this normal dude, just a normal dude, you know, rocking out. But the drummer, now here here's where it's interesting, okay? This drummer is wearing like a mask, like a wrestling mask, and inside of his mask, right in front of his mouth, he has a little pocket sewn into the mask and he sticks a microphone in there. Actually, it's a telephone receiver, okay? And it's amplified. So his mouth is, you know, making these sounds through this telephone receiver, 
right? Uh, and he's running that through a bunch of pedals, you know, guitar pedals and effect pedals. And he's generating these crazy ass sounds with his mouth. And it sounds like music, but it's his mouth. It's his voice. And while he's doing all that, and that is amazing in and of itself. I mean, just to even come up with that idea, right? Um, he's drumming at the same time. And he's not drumming like, you know, a simple four on the floor drum beat thing. He's going crazy behind this drum set. He's more like, you know... Uh, for all you drummers out there, he's a lot more like Keith Moon, you know, and the explosive drum style where it's like, you know, there's no off switch. It's like he just turns on and starts going crazy, you know, and then the song's over and then, you know, it stops. And the next song, he just starts going crazy, right? A drum solo throughout the whole song. Well, this guy's singing, making music with his mouth and drumming like that all at the same time. Two guys you know, filling these massive rooms with sound, you know, uh, manhandling the crowd, you know, just the place is going nuts while they're playing. And I was just so impressed with this band. The music was, you know, maybe sometimes like a little bit too annoying, a little bit too overplayed or something sometimes for me, but overall, wow. Wow, I was so shocked that, you know, okay. So if you're someone like me, you know, you've been doing this music thing for so long and very, very seldom does somebody come along that's kind of like rewriting, you know, how it can be done. And you kind of become jaded and maybe a little bit bored over time because, you know, there really isn't anything new happening. Well, let me tell you, I was shocked how new and fresh and amazing this band is. I mean, totally, totally amazing. But then, you know, in the true spirit of a happy innovator, you know, once I kind of got a whiff of how cool the situation was and how fascinating it was to listen to these guys and watch them play, you know, uh, I started to dig a little bit, started to kind of learn about them, kind of watch some interviews, listen to them talk, kind of get where they're coming from. And this guy, this drummer, this Brian Chippendale, not only is he like, you know, a fantastic drummer and like, you know, from the street, you know, not like a Juilliard drummer, not like a highly trained, you know, polished drummer. He's just a guy who sits down behind the drums and lets it rip. Okay, um, wild man, and you know, totally creative and innovative with what he's doing with his voice and these microphones. I mean, it's like he has, you know, developed and refined this whole thing he's doing so much that it's evolved into something that no one else has really done before. You know, it's amazing. But also, okay, now get this. Also, this guy is really an artist. That's really what he is. I mean, yes, he makes music and he makes a lot of money from his music, but really, he's like a graphic designer and a painter. And not like one of those guys who like, you know, goes to college to be a, you know, graphic designer. He is just spontaneously a creator. He's a happy innovator. I mean, he is wow, okay, yeah. Yeah. He's the definition, the epitome of a happy innovator. I mean, he's creating so much 
stuff. He's generating so much content like from one brain, right? It's totally cool to watch and see and refreshing, you know? Like right when they say like guitar rock is dead, which is always bullshit when they say that, but you know, every so, so many years, they'll, someone will say that, you know, that rock and roll is dead and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. It will never die. And, you know, the proof in the pudding are bands like Lightning Bolt and this guy, Brian Chippendale. I mean, I cannot wait to see what the future holds for this band. I highly recommend that you check them out. Um, I mean, you may not like the music, and that's fine, but you will definitely get the impression that what you're watching is something that's really never been done before. And in this day and age, that's priceless, right? Weird in the business of rock and roll music and art and stuff like that. Weird, this concept of being weird is currency, okay? It generates revenue, you know? It generates content and creativity. I mean, it really does. And this guy encapsulates that idea okay so i'll stop bloviating about lightning bolt i'll let you check them out you can decide for yourself and you can see if i'm wrong or not okay but uh dollars to donuts you'll agree you'll agree you've never seen anything like it or heard anything like it before check it out in fact uh there's a song they have okay it's called blow to the head uh that's the one that i would probably lead you to first So check that out. Type it into YouTube or whatever. Lightning Bolt, Blow to the Head. That's the name of the song. Check out the video, too, because I have a feeling. I'm not sure, but I have a feeling. uh, The video is animated, and I have a feeling that the drummer, Brian Chippendale, like either he animated it himself or he has people he knows from his community, like his artistic community, um, that did it for him. Okay, and I would guess that because he does have a pretty large group of people around him, like a group that he's part of and like an artist, artisan collective. And he's part of it. I mean, he's a gallery artist. He's not just a musician. You know, he's a very serious and creative person when it comes to the arts and that kind of thing. So dig into him a little bit, too. You'll probably be fascinated with that. I would love to meet that guy. You know, I would just love to have a conversation with him. You know, maybe someday down the line, if I ever do interviews with people, which has always kind of been like a dream of mine here at the Singularity Podcast, like to interview somebody. Um, Man, I would love to have him on the podcast. But we're probably, you know, years away from that. You know, I'm kind of just getting started. So, um, okay, next up, there's another band I wanted to talk about today. And wow, okay. Let's see, where do I start? Okay. Um, okay, there is this band that I found. They're called King810. And I'm probably like the last person in the world to hear about them. You know, I mean, they're not a new band, once again. They've been making albums for a long time. But they just recently made my radar for the first time. Okay. Now, this band has a story that is so interesting to me. And, you know, I have to say, too, that it's kind of like a pretty important story, really. I mean, it goes beyond the music to me, like, really. 
okay? Um, they're from Flint, Michigan, okay? And they're like a really heavy, you know, hardcore metal, death metal band with like this whiff of like hip hop in there. Um, you know, even sometimes like some ambient kind of approaches to music and stuff. But for the most part, they're really aggressive and like really confrontational and mean and like just, you know, um, just, you know, hyper aggressive, hyper energetic music, right? Like really heavy, great drums. And, you know, the band uh, it consists of these friends, okay? They're all friends and they belong to this group, like this tribe they run with in Flint, Michigan. It's a closed kind of situation where, you know, it's if you're not from there, you're not invited. And, you know, this band just happens to be, you know, part of this group of people. And, you know, it's like these totally, you know, rugged, like hardcore dudes and chicks, too, I would imagine. Right. And, uh, you know, they're telling the story of Flint, Michigan. Now, for a lot of you folks around the world who don't understand a lot of things about America. One of the things that has happened over the past 10 years here in America, maybe even longer, 10 or 15 years, the, the city of Flint, Michigan, uh, you know, recently went through like this horrible situation where, you know, the politicians, for one reason or another, had decided that they were just going to tear this place up, right? They were just going to go into Flint, Michigan and mess the whole thing up. And that's exactly what they did. And now Flint, Michigan is kind of like notorious or famous uh, in America and is kind of like emblematic of this problem, you know, where um, the water in the city of Flint, Michigan was messed up and manipulated by these politicians, right? Like by the governor or something. And they contaminated the water so bad in all of Flint, Michigan, okay? Or most of the water in Flint, Michigan, but probably all of it, right? Um, is contaminated so badly that it can no longer be, you know, consumed. Like you can no longer even drink it. And there's so much toxicity in the water that it's literally left this entire city in a situation where they don't even have basic things like clean water, you know? Now, this band, uh, King 810 or 810, I'm not sure exactly how they say it. I've heard it said different ways. They, they are coming out of this situation in their city with like this rage okay and rightfully so I mean come on you know we're not living in like a third world country or something there is absolutely no excuse for the water in Flint Michigan to be so contaminated so dirty that it can no longer be consumed or showered in even or anything it's toxic the water's toxic and this is the life that these people were handed. You know, come on. Like where I came from, where I'm from, if the water was that contaminated, even a little bit contaminated, even a little bit, it would be unacceptable. 
and that problem would have been resolved immediately. You know, totally unacceptable. But here, in this city of Flint, Michigan, and I gotta tell you, I mean, really, if on a personal note, just really quick, as a sidebar, I, I, me, I have an affection for Detroit and cities like Flint, Michigan, myself, especially Detroit, because I've never been to Flint, but I've been to Detroit, and every time I've played in Detroit, the people were great to me and the bands that I was playing in. They were hospitable and fun and just really supportive of underground music, and they just rolled out the red carpet for us every time in Detroit. And I could tell you stories about that because they're all good. It was pleasant and fun. And I have an affection for that city, especially now with like Detroit and cities like Flint where you start to see them crumbling and falling apart, like collapsing in on themselves because some stupid jackass politician or somebody got in there and messed that whole thing up. So now the residents of those spaces, those cities, have to kind of fend for themselves and make it work, you know? And I'm not going to get political like I did last week. Trust me, that'll probably be the, one of the last times you'll hear me talk like that in that last podcast. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't like it. But sometimes you just got to say it, you know? You got to say it no matter what. And, uh, and this is one of those situations, I guess, you know, where... This band is coming out of this environment that's like, you know, inhuman, you know? It's amazing that people have the resiliency and the strength and the wherewithal to survive there. So, subsequently, you get this band, you know, rising out of Flint, Michigan, with this massive posse of people, like their family, like their tribe from Flint, who all went through the same bullshit that they all did. I mean, it's like it's like a jungle, right? It's ridiculous. It's not right. It's un-American what they did to those people in that city. And I don't know why. I don't know how that unraveled, but I'm sure it's a long, sordid story that has a lot to do with, uh, let me guess, like money or something, you know, profits or something, you know, totally stupid mistakes massive huge mistakes right that this population in this city is forced to kind of like deal with well okay so this band king 810 has this video it was like the first video that i saw by them it's a song called i ain't going back again okay that was the first video that i checked out by these guys and yeah the song is really great and everything but really okay there's a story being told in the video and it's not, you know, fiction. It's reality. It's a it's a reenactment of the reality of the lives these people led in Flint, Michigan. And, you know, the story takes place when the lead singer, I imagine, you know, he's represented as a, a young kid, you know, a little red-headed kid in the hood, you know, in a house that's dilapidated and, you know, his father's wasted and doesn't know up from down and these kids are kind of on their own fending for themselves and they show in this video this kid this little kid take a five gallon bucket you know walk past the the crackheads and all the drug users in his house or in the the building he's living in you know he works his way past them 
and uh, you know heads you know a few blocks away to like I guess what would be the only tap of you know fresh water that they have access to and uh, this kid carrying this five gallon bucket back to his uh, his apartment and putting some of that water on the stove and bathing with that water out of the pot on the stove like with a towel that's how they bathed when they were kids and let me tell you that disturbs me very much that's probably the (laughs) the nicest cleanest way I could say it the fact that any of my fellow American citizens have to live like that is unacceptable to me. Now, I understood that there was a problem with the water in Flint, Michigan, but you know, I never really thought about it enough to really put it together in my head. What that would really mean, like what does that really mean in reality? Like on the ground, with normal, average, everyday people. And let me tell you something, folks. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. There is no reason why in this day and age any citizen of the United States or in any other country, really, should have to go without or should have to try to survive without clean water. It's it's ridiculous. There's no excuse. And the politicians who are responsible for that should be hung by their toes, you know, from a yardarm. You know, it's totally unacceptable to me. And this band, you know, is kind of like delivering the message to the world, you know, and they are the real deal. You know, they're not, they're not showbiz, at least as far as I can see, as far as I can believe, you know, they are, they are the truth of Flint, Michigan. And they're very talented and creative. Maybe a little too, you know, over the top sometimes, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Love their drummer. Love the guitar parts. Uh, You know, I mean, musically, sonically, um, you know, EQ-wise, you know, all those things, the the technical things, they have got it down. Uh, Their lead singer strikes me as a genuinely introspective and, you know, kind of like a weird guy, you know, like the real deal. You know, when you meet people who are creative, uh, really creative, uh, they, they're they weird. You know, I mean, they you have to be weird a little bit in order to generate new things and to generate original things, you know, and to be saying something with some truth. You know, you're going to have to be a little bit out there. And that's okay, you know. It's like Jordan Peterson says, the you know one of my heroes, really. Um, it's like kind of like what he says about creative people is like, we need creative people. Like we need happy innovators, man, in the world. We're the ones who make things change. You know, we're the ones who implement change. You know, um, and. I won't go off too much about that because really I want to talk about music today, but you know, this band is just so intense, right? And you should check them out. Like I said, they had a song called 
Um, I ain't going back again. They have a video for it. Check it out and see if you agree with me. You know, and watch some of the interviews with these guys and watch some of their other videos and and check them out. Like, get into it a little bit. I think that if you're one of those people who are like me, where you're kind of hungry for new music and new things and you like to be impressed by other bands and other people doing neat stuff, check them out. And check out Lightning Bolt. All right? Now, I suppose that I can also talk about another band... I think they're originally from Wisconsin. They're called Static X. I mean, they're a famous band. I mean, a lot of people know who they are. And a few years ago, uh, their lead singer, who was really kind of like the face of the band and really kind of like their image, you know, he had this crazy spiked hair and a really long goatee, and their music was really like machine-like heavy metal. It wasn't just heavy. It was like really like tight staccato, you know, repetitive, machine-like music, right? And of course, this really charismatic singer fronting the band, you know, Wayne Static, that was his name, the frontman for Static X. And unfortunately, Wayne Static, the lead singer for Static X, you know, the face of the band, passed away about five years ago. Okay? Now, this is where it gets interesting, and this is why I'm bringing it up in this podcast. Okay, check this out. I don't think this has ever been done before in rock and roll history. I, I don't think so. Okay, after their lead singer died, okay, the fans and the band as well were like not really ready to stop, even though the lead singer had died. The band was technically over. There was still a demand and a desire for their audience to see them live. Okay. Um, and the band apparently felt the same way. So check this out. They came up with this idea because this lead singer, Wayne Static, who was like so iconic, like his look and everything was so iconic, right? They decided to get somebody else to play guitar and sing as the frontman for Static X. However, this person is wearing a costume that looks like Wayne Static. Now, isn't that the coolest thing you've ever heard of? Like, like the music, right, is like larger than the band themselves. That's kind of what it says. And... You know, therefore, you know, by doing it the way they're doing it, you know, this guy wearing literally a mask and the hair, and, you know, and the goatee, like it's it's not Wayne Static. It's the iconic image of Wayne Static. <laughs> Amazing, right? Uh, a brilliant idea. I mean, I get that some people would be like, oh, it's not the you know, it's not the same. It's not Wayne Static. You know, oh, that's really lame. They're kind of just cashing in. No, 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 folks. I think you need to look past that stupid, you know, idiotic <laughs> idea. You know, it's an idiotic uh, logic, you know. Uh, the music is bigger than the band, obviously. The audience says so and the band says so. So, therefore, they are correct in my book 
and I think it's a stroke of genius. Is it theater? A little bit, yeah. It's a little bit of theater. Is it authentic? Yes. It is Static X. It is the band. It's not a cover band, you know. It's not like Wayne Static was the only person in the band, folks. Okay? Drummers count. Guitar players count. And they're part of the sound you like. You may not realize that because, you know, you see the guy in front or the girl in front who's wiggling their ass and getting your attention. But trust me, the greatest bands of rock and roll history, the ones who really have, you know, lasted and have longevity and they're really, truly making something great. Yeah, it it survives the band. Like it outlives the band. I mean, think about that. How many bands do we still listen to? How many artists do we still listen to even though they've been gone for a long time because music is like that right and these guys from static x and their audience too they all kind of put their heads together and came up with this thing and uh i gotta tell you i think it could be to a certain degree anyway maybe like a future model for other bands to follow especially the bands that are like a little bit more in the theatrical kind of approach to performing live and stuff the ones who wear costumes and masks and or you know a heavily refined image or something um that that could be a feasible way of continuing on and as far as i know i could be wrong but i don't think i am i think it's the first time in rock and roll history that that has happened you know where the where the band lost their iconic lead singer and then, you know, through you know a vote you know, of some kind by their audience and by the band, they decide to prop somebody up front and center, put the wig on, put the look on, imitate, okay, imitate, and maybe therefore honor the memory of this genius, really, uh, Wayne Static, because he was a genius. I mean, he was a genius, just like, uh, you know, Brian Chippendale from Lightning Bolt or uh, David Gunn, you know, the lead singer of King 810. Man, you know, something to kind of look up to. (laughs) Really something to aspire to. To be that creative and that innovative. You know, it's not easy to do. And it has to be done organically. And in the case of Static X, it's like it's been done so well so organically that you know they can literally get someone else to put on the costume I mean, that's how refined developed and you know original this guy was think about it really it's really hard to do okay at least in my book no in anybody's book right because it's hard to be that creative Okay, so anyway, I guess I could talk a little bit today about some of the stuff that's going on on my end, music-wise and stuff, for those of you who are interested. Um, You know, I would say this. Uh, I know it's been a little while since I've released some new music, and um, there's a reason for that. I mean, I was working on music this whole time, okay, but... I found myself in a situation where I had a song idea that had kind of emerged and I I had gotten it very far along. It was pretty much finished. I was ready to release it. And then in the 11th hour, uh, there were some changes 
that needed to take place that were kind of like a bit disappointing to me. And uh, I was a bit taken aback and saddened by you know, having to strike some of what I had put into this song and this mix because I was using somebody else. You know, I had asked a friend of mine to step in and do some talking bits for me. And I unfortunately realized, you know, right before I was going to release it that I had to strike those contributions from the recording. As usual, like my wife always says, the collaboration always falls apart (laughs) with me. It just is something I can't do. You know, something always goes wrong. And in this case, it wasn't really anything on my end, which made it that much more frustrating. So I had to go back into this track and kind of like reimagine it. But I knew, I knew that it was going to be the next track that I was going to release. So, you know, I figured I'll work on it until it's finished. And I'm happy to say it is finished. Uh, Back on schedule, you will be getting some new music from me very soon. Very soon. It's in the can. It's ready to go. And uh, I also wanted to say I kind of have decided, at least for now, that uh, I have so much new material, okay, that I'm going to probably have to parse it out, like release it in like these clusters of songs, which, which would be kind of like, you know, album length, you know, collections of songs. So... It's going to be kind of done in like acts, you know, like in theater, you know, there's act one, act two, act three, you know, the overture and then the the end, you know, act five or whatever. Right. Um, I'm going to kind of do it that way because there is a narrative. This is I mean, it's not a concept album kind of thing, but there is a thread of narrative that's running through this entire, you know, collection of work and it's going to probably when it's all said and done at this point I wouldn't be surprised if it's like 30 songs or 35 or maybe 40 songs I mean there's so much material so I'm going to release them in groups of like 10 and it'll be like album one you know it was act one act two was album two, you know, it would be like that. You follow me? So you can be looking forward to that. If you like what you're hearing so far, if you like, uh, let's see, what have I released so far? I did Unum Deum, right? The first track I did Here Comes the Sun, uh, An Ode to the Spirit, Static Check, A Broken Table, Sister Wind, and The Damage a Lie Can Do, and then you got a new one coming up right away. And then right after that, I got another new one. And then right after that, I got an older one that I've revisited. And uh, when I release that final track, that 10th track, it will be the conclusion of Act 1. And then we'll move on to the next. So you got that? It's going to be pretty cool. There's a lot of different kinds of music, a lot of different stuff. But it all ties in to each other. So, you know what? Um, I gotta say, I can't talk too much longer right now (laughs) because 
I am doing this podcast kind of late today, but uh, I'm sure that you don't mind, right? You kind of cut me some slack, but you know, I, I will be doing another podcast for you soon. I'm up past the 80s. Isn't that crazy? This is like the, what, the 81st podcast? I mean, I can't believe that, you know? Like, I'm almost up to 100 podcasts. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. Um, but here I am. Here we are. Um, so, okay, this time around I'm going to share with you a track I have from a long time ago called Metal. It's M-E-T-T-L-E. And I released this, whoa, back in the day. I wrote it so long ago. But uh, it's one of those tracks that I still like a lot. And I go back sometimes and listen to older tracks. And this one kind of is a standout. I've actually considered, uh, you know, revisiting this track with my new technology and my new skills that I have for production, right? Which are very limited still, but you know, so much more advanced than they were at the time I wrote and recorded that song. But uh, I figured I'd share it with you and you could check it out. And you know what? If you think I should redo it, maybe mention it in the comments. You know, it would be greatly appreciated. You know, when you happy innovators, my happy innovators make comments and stuff, I listen. I'm listening. Okay. And uh, if you've ever made a comment on my stuff, you know that, you know, I respond and uh, I usually respond to everyone, too, you know. So, anyway, the song Metal will be at the end of this podcast after this podcast has ended. If you are interested, you can stay tuned afterwards and check it out. And uh, you'll be hearing from me again soon. And until next time, folks, my happy innovators, take care of yourselves. You know, try not to get too what? overwhelmed by all the bullshit that's going on in America right now or really all over the world you know try to tune it out as much as you can and try to have as much fun as you can and have at least some you know element of peace and tranquility in your life if you can and uh, I'll do the same you know so until next time folks remember this if you want to keep what you've got You've got to give it away. Take it easy, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, happy innovators, for all you who are brave and daring enough to stick around to the end of the podcast, you want to hear a song? Alrighty then, I got a song called Metal, like I told you about before. So let me see, what kind of tidbits about this song can I share with you? Let's see. Okay, I will say this, at the time I wrote and recorded the song Metal, I really had no idea what I was doing. And I was really kind of overwhelmed by how good I thought it sounded, like how good it actually came out. It was kind of like a turning point for me where, 
you know, I realized like I might be able to actually make something that sounds good, like out of my house. <laughs> okay. Which probably seems like, you know, common sense to anybody, but trust me, it was a long, arduous uphill climb for me to get to even this like, you know, nominal level that I'm at. Okay. Um, but I got there, right? That's we'll applaud, right? We'll, we'll, we'll celebrate the fact that I got there. You know, I still got a long way to go, but this song is, you know, kind of like indicative of, um, you know, that idea of when you have a breakthrough moment and you realize what's possible, this song metal, which was released on the pipe choir debut CD, you know, album, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was a standout track for me. And I think lyrically I was really kind of proud of the lyrics. I thought they were pretty good for me, you know, a moron, you know, <laughs> like me. So check it out. Peace, love, and Melba toast, everybody. Love you all. Be safe. Be safe. Be happy. Eat good food. Have a laugh from time to time, right? You know, don't let all this stuff in the periphery, all the stuff you see on social media and TV and all that stuff, don't let it eat away at you. You know, don't let it suck you in because it's all <laughs> what? An illusion, right? I mean, it really is. Just, you know, just hang in there. Peace out, everybody. Oh,